Detroiter covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State presented by the Second String and the Second String.com. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you got some turkey in you. By the way, turkey is good. I just want to go on the record. I, I hear a lot of slander every year. See a lot of stuff floating around. Oh, Twitter's, or I mean, Twitter. Turkey's ass. It's so dry. Ham so much better. Bro, turkey is good. What do you, I don't even understand the whole turkey's bad crowd. Do you not eat chicken? Like turkey really is just glorified chicken. It's the same shit. I I would say to you, if you're, oh, the turkey's dry. Oh, the turkey's this, the turkey's that. Whoever's cooking your turkey is fucking butchering it. Because every single year, I look forward to turkey. Every single year, I sit down at the Thanksgiving table and I eat helpfuls, handfuls of turkey and it's great each handful better than the last so i don't really understand where the turkey slander came from and at this point it's kind of like a thing where oh it's kind of cool to hate on turkey which is horseshit if you're eating bad turkey if you're eating turkey and you dislike it i'm telling you whoever's preparing that turkey is doing a shitty job turkey like turkey is good it's a fact that turkey is good i don't understand the turkey is bad crowd i also don't understand i think more people just are adverse to turkey specifically, but I also don't really understand the Thanksgiving meal isn't very good crowd. Thanksgiving meal should be like a staple in the every week diet. Like I should really be eating Thanksgiving food way more than once a year. Mashed potatoes, the combo combination alone of mashed potatoes, stuffing, turkey, and gravy. That's an elite trio. That is an elite trio topped off by gravy elite like not pretty good fucking great every time i sit down to have it again the best part of thanksgiving i have enough of that shit for the next week every time i sit down to have it i'm more excited than i was the last time it gets better than it was the last time pumpkin pie another food that we only eat like two weeks out of the year for some reason even though i'd go as far to say it might be the best pie in the game certainly one of the best certainly make an argument for it People, pumpkin pie haters too. I don't understand. Like, I don't, what do you mean pumpkin pie isn't good? Like it's, it's an objective fact that it tastes good. I don't even care. I don't even care the fa- about the fact that taste is subjective. I don't care that everyone's taste buds and has different preferences. I don't care. Like pumpkin pie, it is a fact. It is an objectivity that it tastes good in a human being's mouth. And we only eat that shit twice a year. Why is that? Why are we putting ourselves, like, why are we forcing ourselves in a box with some of the greatest foods humans have to offer? I don't really understand it. I ate up yesterday. Hope you've eaten up too. Hope you had a good time hanging out with your family, hanging out with friends, doing some fun stuff back home if you live far away. Whatever it is, I hope you've had a phenomenal holiday week. This is a big weekend in the state of Michigan. This is a big weekend in the state of Michigan. We talked about it on Tuesday's episode. We talked about, obviously, the game, right? Michigan State, Penn State as well. Big game. Like, yes, Michigan State's out of it. Penn State, same thing. They're not playing for a trip to Indy, none of that. But just as far as momentum, as far as ending on a positive note, as far as bouncing back, the ability to bounce back, you got your fucking doors blown off. You got your fucking doors blown off, and then some, by Ohio State last weekend. 
just the ability to take that, take your bruises, get embarrassed on national television, and come back this Saturday, like I said, in a game, you don't need to win. Like the difference between 10 and 2, 9 and 3, yeah, you'll get a better bowl game if you win, but it, again, doesn't really matter. Um, you're not winning the Big Ten, you're not going to the playoff, it doesn't really matter. But the difference, just as far as how you feel about the program, the momentum, of the program. The fact that you can take an L like that, get your ass fucking beat, get your ass beat. I don't want to understate how pathetic it was Saturday. I I, I also don't want to act like we've forgotten or I don't really care. I made a couple TikToks and I still stand by it. We did the whole like a 30 minute rant in the Tuesday episode talking about how that game sucked for sure. There's no fucking, I mean, what what are you going to try and tell me that game didn't suck? I'll, you're crazy. That game sucked, but there's more to the future of the program. There's more to Mel Tucker. Like, that game is just going to be a blip on the radar of the Mel Tucker era. It doesn't define shit. In the long run, it won't mean shit. It fucking sucked. It was the worst. It It's whatever. It's whatever. So I went on a whole 30-minute rant. About that, essentially, just saying, like, let's keep it in perspective. This team was supposed to be garbage. They're nine and two. They weren't even supposed to, like, have any chance in that game. They were ranked a top 10 team going into that game. They had a chance to go to Indianapolis going into that game. None of that shit was supposed to be on the table. So I just, I I did half the episode, really, putting it in perspective, kind of like pumping the brakes. Like, let's relax. Everybody's clowning us, and fair enough, Ohio State fans. Purdue fans, Michigan fans, again, I've said it a million times, I don't understand how you're going to clown a team that you got embarrassed by, but whatever. Everyone's clowning us. That's what happens. You lose in college football, you get made fun of, is what it is. But I just wanted to to re- readjust the focus. Like, that's not – that game has nothing to do with anything. This season was supposed to be over in September, right? We weren't supposed to be in a huge game in Columbus in November. Mel Tucker wasn't supposed to be talked about as the coach of the year and connected to LSU and maybe winning a Big Ten championship or the playoff in his first or in his second year, rather. That's not that was none of that shit was supposed to happen. After the Miami game, it was supposed to be like, all right, just fucking make it through the finish line. That's what this year was supposed to be. So while I spent that time and I still do believe in everything I said of the fact that that game doesn't define the future and I still have so much faith in MSU doing great things in the next two, three, four, five years. I do want to say it blows that we lost and I am interested to see how they bounce back. I do care about the bounce back. Like it's a bit of an oxymoron. While I don't care if they lose, like, I mean, I'll be upset. I fucking want them to win. Every time my favorite teams play, I want them to win. So I do care if they lose. But while it doesn't matter if they lose, it doesn't really change anything if they lose. They're not blowing their shot at Indy or blowing their shot at the college football playoff. While it doesn't really grand scheme matter if they lose, sure, a loss might be the difference between the Rose Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl and the Citrus Bowl or something, which I'd prefer to go to the Rose Bowl. I don't. The other BCS Bowls, I don't really care about. The Rose Bowl, to me, is by far the coolest one. I'd like to go to the Rose Bowl. The others, whatever. But while that does obviously make a difference, like it's better to be on the New Year Six game, it's better to be in the big BCS game, the Rose Bowl, the Fiesta, it's whatever. Like it's a fucking bowl game that nobody cares about, right? Like it doesn't change anything. It doesn't do anything. Nothing happens. While all that is true, 
I care more about the bounce back, the resiliency of not only the team, not only the players, but Mel Tucker and the staff. Like you got your doors blown off and they da- they put a dagger in your season. You still got another fucking game to play. You still got another week to coach. You got another team to get ready for. You They're going to be good too. They're another team, Penn State, even though they're not having the best year ever, they're still loaded with talent. All of their guys are talented. They're a team that's made up of four-star players. They're a team that also wants to win. Just they just because they're out, they're not mailing it in. They want to win all their games. They want to go to the best bowl possible. James Franklin just got renewed and extended. They want to beat your ass. They do. They've been hearing all year about Michigan State, Mel Tucker. They've been so great. Heisman, Heisman, Kenneth Walker, yada, yada, yada. They don't give a fuck. They want to beat MSU's ass. I want to see how state reacts. I want to see how state comes out. Because I'll tell you this. If you come out to, or Saturday, well, yeah, tomorrow. Jeez. If you come out tomorrow and you get dominated by Penn State, that's a red flag. That's a bit of a red flag for a few reasons. And I know they're banged up. I know Naylor's hurt. Reed's hurt. Kenneth Walker's hurt. Fucking everybody that's worth anything hurt. I get that too. No excuses. I understand that that sucks. And this is a different team than was playing in week seven or week eight. This is a different team with all those injuries. Yes. Mel Tucker. How are you guys? How are you going to get these guys ready after a loss like that? Scotty Hazelton. After you just got fucking exposed after you just got your undies pulled over your face and they hung you from the flagpole how are you going to come back buddy what are you going to have as an answer are you just going to kick the can down the road say maybe our dog shit pass defense will just miraculously work this week or are you going to actually make an effort to draw something up to to put in a new scheme that you can't just run fade routes against all day that's what i want to see the players you just got your asses beat That Big Ten championship, right, the college football playoff, they're out the window. That win against Michigan, obviously great to beat Michigan. That's a must-win game every year. But in the end, stacks up to kind of mean nothing because, again, you're not going to the Big Ten championship. How are those guys going to respond? Xavier Henderson, Connor Hayward, some of these seniors that the light's at the end of the tunnel. They've come to the end of the line with MSU. They've put in their time. They've played their games. They've made their plays. Now it's time to do something else, whether it's the NFL, whatever. Are they going to just kind of come out like, well, you know, this game doesn't matter. It is what it is. Who gives a fuck? Or are they going to come out like, I refuse. I refuse to lose my last game at Spartan Stadium. I refuse. And more so, I refuse to come out and lose after what we did last weekend. That is what I'm interested to see. If it's a close game and they lose – you know, shit happens. I'm not going to be pulling the kill switch on Mel Tucker. I'm not going to come on here shouting about how he can't coach off a loss. They beat Purdue, or I mean, uh, they beat Maryland pretty handily off the Purdue loss, which was encouraging to stay encouraging to see. That was another thing that that Maryland game, obviously not as electrifying as Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, but a big game. Another reason. How do you respond against a loss? A frisky team that wants to beat you. They don't give a fuck that their season's not great. They want to spoil yours. They're, they they want to be the reason you're not in the Big Ten Championship. I thought MSU handled it well coming off that Purdue loss. Different type of loss. That Purdue loss wasn't a complete joke, 
Ohio State made you look like a junior varsity fucking powder puff team. How do you respond against that type of loss? And the team you're playing coming off the loss in Penn State is a whole lot better than that Maryland team you got to play. I just want to see the the attitude, the effort, the response level, the compete level, really the refusal to lose as well. Like, I do believe that. Guys like Peyton Thorne, guys like Xavier Henderson, some of the leaders on this team, I do believe to some extent, like, there are guys like that where they're going to come out and it's like either A, they don't really give a fuck, the season's over, they lost the important game, it is what it is, or B, they fucking will not let that happen again. They fucking refuse to lose again. They refuse to look anything like they looked last week. Whether it's the last game of the season, the first game of the season, the third game, whatever, coming off a loss that was as pathetic as that, they refuse to allow that to happen again. There, I believe that there are guys like that. That's the difference between a good leader and a bad leader. Are you a guy who's going to kind of roll over, go through the motions, and graduate college? Or are you a guy that it's one game at a time? I don't give a fuck if I'm a first year, fourth year. I refuse to let that happen again. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see Mel Tucker get them up too because that's the other thing, right? You would hope that the players themselves, Peyton Thorne, Henderson, all these guys come out on their own, fired up, and like with the vim in their eye, like we're not losing to these fucking guys. But at the same time, at the same time, Mel Tucker, that's your job. It's your job as the head coach to make sure your guys come out ready to rock. It's your job to make sure anybody that touches the field is in the right headspace. Even though Xavier Henderson's been your starter all year, great player, whatever. For example, if you can tell his attitude's kind of just like, whatever, like, let's get this shit over with, he shouldn't be on the field. That's your job, Mel Tucker. Just because he's Xavier Henderson and he's a senior and he's been here for a while, he's played a lot of games, if he's got a laissez-faire, I'm a pussy attitude, not I don't think Xavier Henderson ever would, right? That's why I'm choosing him. I think he's quite the opposite. I love Xavier Henderson. But, for instance, if he had that kind of attitude – I don't give a fuck what year he is. I don't care how many games he's played. It doesn't matter he's been a captain. Someone who wants to beat ass should be out there, whether they're a senior or a freshman. And that's on Mel Tucker. And honestly, that was one of the other things that was disappointing about that Ohio State game is the boys looked soft. The boys looked flat. The boys looked like they didn't really care to be there. The boys looked like they didn't know that they had a chance to go to Indianapolis. The boys looked like they fucking time traveled back to last season where they were two and three playing against Ohio State just to get the season over with. That's what they fucking looked like to me. That's what they looked like to me last week, which was sad because, hey, Mel, I agree. You're not the one putting on the pads. You're not the one playing. You can only get so fired up. But at the end of the day, it's your job to get the guys fired up or put the guys out there that are fired up. One of the two. So I think it's a good opportunity. I think it's a good opportunity. I'm excited to watch. I just love Michigan State football. So, I mean, they could be playing a community college. I'd be excited to watch Penn State, Michigan State, land-grant trophy on the line. Probably the most prestigious trophy in collegiate sports. Better than the fucking Paul Bunyan. Better than whatever Alabama and Auburn play for. The land-grant trophy. One trophy every kid goes to bed dreaming about winning one day. These guys got a chance to do it. They got a chance to do it at home. They got a chance to send the senior class off right. They got a chance to put a positive spin 
on a season that could end with a sour taste. Like that Ohio State game, the way they lost it, like if you lose that game close, obviously still disappointing. You still don't go to Indy. You still don't go to the college football playoff. Like that would still fucking suck. But you lose that game the way you did. It's like such a great season, such a magical run with so much positive happening. Kind of gets soured. And now you got a chance to redeem it a bit. To, to, to tell people, to realize like, you know what? That was a fluke. We are a good team. Like the nine and one leading up to that Ohio State game, that was for real. You got a chance to put a positive spin back on this game, go to a bowl game and try to finish 11 and two. You have that opportunity. A season and a loss right there that kind of puts a negative spin on an otherwise incredible year. You've got a chance. You've got a chance to make it all good. It's not going to be as glorious as you hoped. It's not going to be the Big Ten. There's not going to be any banners. You got a chance to put a very positive spin on this game, on this season. I want to see if they're up for it. I want to see if guys that are returning, like Peyton Thorne, like, well, Kenneth Walker's not going to return, but I hope we get to watch him play again. Some of the guys on these the O-line, some of these defensive backs, some of these DNs, I'm excited to see if these guys are interested in setting the tone, keeping the positive momentum, and, yes, just sending a message within the program like, that game sucked, that's not us, that's not this team, we're going to win. We are going to correct our mistakes. We are playing all 12 games. Like, we are not going to overlook Penn State. We're going to win today, and we're going to go into next season with Big Ten hopes, college football playoff hopes, and the idea of we're going to win every game. That's the program. That's the mindset that this program is developing into, should be developing into, and has to develop into, especially when you look at the fact that Mel Tucker just signed that 95 mil. I totally forgot about that. I can't believe I didn't talk about that all day. I've done so many podcasts on it already, though, talking about the rumors that he's going to sign the contract, this and that. I'll do an episode Tuesday. We'll talk or the Tuesday episode. It'll be more heavy Mel Tucker stuff, and we'll do that. I just wanted to spend today talking Michigan State, Penn State, and then Michigan, Ohio State. I don't want to talk the Lions fucking embarrassment. Yesterday, we'll save that for Tuesday. I don't want to talk about the Red Wings, Tigers, Pistons, nothing. I just want to do Michigan State, Michigan, football. MSU hoops lost today against Baylor in the finals in Atlantis. Good tournament for the boys, but again, I want to keep it football. We got one regular season game left, and then it'll be a big gap, and then the bowl game. So from now on, after this week, it's all going to be basketball. It's all going to be MSU, Michigan, hoops. So I figure let's squeeze the juice, squeeze the life out of football, and hoops will be there. Hoops will be there. All right, going to take a quick break. Let's go green. Let's get a win this weekend. Let's put a positive spin. Don't end fucking dragging your head and being pussies. Let's get a dub. Let's put a positive spin. 10-win season. Let's make it 11 with the bowl game. That Ohio State game, don't let that define you. Quick break. We'll talk Michigan-Ohio State. The game. The game. The game. The game. I don't know how to feel, to be honest with you. I really don't. I mean, I'm excited. I enjoy Michigan, Ohio State. I feel like anybody that says they don't or says they don't think it's cool or don't get a little excited. Like, I'm not a Michigan fan. I'm not an Ohio State fan. As a matter of fact, I fucking hate both of those schools. 
but it's still fun. It's a great rivalry. And that's what like college football is made from like the ridiculous traditions, the pomp and circumstance, like these exaggerated rivalries, like Michigan, Ohio state, like what should I love about college football is, you know, tomorrow, either Michigan, Ohio state, one of them is going to do something just like so corny and over the top where it's like, ugh, you for sure just plan that in the locker room to like seem sweet or make it seem like this rivalry's a bigger deal than it is, whatever. Like, like the Michigan guys are going to like burst into the Ohio state locker room or like they're going to get into a scrum at midfield or whatever, you know, when they do shit like that and you're like, all right, fucking relax, Michigan, relax, Ohio state. Like this game hasn't been what it is for like 20 years. Can we stop? Like, I get it. It's the game. It's Michigan, Ohio state, but like fucking relax. Like this is closer to Ohio state Purdue than it's been Ohio state, Michigan for the last, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years. So let's stop over juicing it. I just hate like corny rivalry stuff. If that makes sense. I don't know. Um, and that goes for all rivalries, like Michigan, Michigan State. I thought like the Winovich when they beat MSU and he's like the little, he's like, yeah, your little brother. He pretty much quoted Mike Hart. And I'm like, Ugh. like, it's just so awkward. I'm like, it's funny because he's trying to shit talk MSU, obviously. He's trying to like dig MSU and and roast them, disrespect them, whatever. I get it, rivalry. But it's just so awkward and corny. I'm sitting there like, Dude, you're just like roasting yourself, bro. This is so weird. Stop. Like it's ugh. see. And then on the other hand, I do enjoy when genuine shit happens. Like the Devin Bush thing a couple years before that, where Bush is warming up and then he fights through the state guys and scratches up the field. Whatever. People are like, that's disrespectful. Who gives a fuck? Like that I enjoyed. I don't think Devin Bush was out there like, dude, I'm going to totally like get in a score and get in a squirmish a squabble with these MSU guys. And then I'm going to stomp out their logo. Like that'll be sick. I don't think he's premeditating that. I think it's just something that happens where that feels like a rivalry that feels genuine when they do the whole chase Winovich, like he was up till 2 AM the night before reciting Mike Hart's lines in the mirror, just to still poorly deliver them. I'm sitting there like, dude, just give it a fucking rest. Give it a rest. We don't need that shit. Chase. We, we get it. It's a rivalry. It's a big game. You guys beat MSU. Like, if you're going to shit talk, don't just word for word rip someone else off. I don't know. I feel like Ohio State, Michigan, they do that same similar type stuff a lot too where it's like they're doing clearly premeditated stuff, and it's different too. Like the MSU-Michigan rivalry has been pretty back and forth, I guess, for the last few years. I don't know. I mean – the game hasn't, it's tough too, because Michigan, Ohio State, it's like everything's on the line. The winner goes to the Big Ten. Michigan, Michigan State are usually playing in like week seven, week eight. So there's a ton of time afterwards for that game to end up like not mattering that much. But I think it's certainly been more even than Michigan, Ohio State, which makes me like, I am excited. I do like the rivalry. I do have fun. Like I'm going to be pumped up to turn tune into pregame and just see what Ann Arbor looks like see if anybody's shit talking in warmups, whatever. But it does lose a little something because it's like, man, like this is just Ohio State kicks their ass every fucking time that they play. And it's I, Ohio State kicks everyone's ass every time they play. 
right? It's just Michigan happens to be the quote-unquote rival that's supposed to be able to match them, that's supposed to be able to give them their losses, that's supposed to be able to stand up to them, and they haven't stood up to them in about as long as anybody else in the Big Ten, where you go to Fox, ABC, whatever channel the game's on, and they're just pumping it up. They're showing clips like Bo Schembechler fucking audio clips from him talking about Ohio State. They're doing everything they can to juice the game up. Winner moves on to Indianapolis. The first time in the Harbaugh era, blah, 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 blah. They're doing everything everything they can to hype the game up, which, fair enough, they're trying to sell or get viewers, get ratings. That makes 100% sense. You can only hype it up so much. You can only hype it up so much before it's like, all right, like right, I've, I've heard this fucking story. We've seen this movie. And it always ends the same, Ohio State winning by 30. That said, I am excited. I am excited. But that's, I'm a fucking, I'm a sucker, dude. I'm a sucker for sports. I'm a sucker for these rivalries. Michigan could be like two and eight. And I'd be like, oh, this will, I don't know, maybe throw the records out the window. This will be a fun game. I don't know. (laughs) But I am excited. I'm a sucker. Sue me. I'm a fucking sucker, dude. I just don't see a way Michigan wins. There it is. Flat out, I said it. There it is. I I don't see how Michigan wins the game. And I don't know, obviously, if you're a Michigan fan, you should believe in your team. You should have hope. I fucking hate the people that are like, oh, my God, not even the biggest Michigan fan can think they have a chance. Okay, so what's the point then? What's the point of being a fan of any sports team? Uh Uh-oh, there's – Fuck it. Theoretically, they're better than us, so I should have no reason to believe we're going to win. I shouldn't get excited. I should expect to lose by a bunch. Why are you? Why do you watch sports, dude? Why the fuck are you a fan of anybody? So I can. You can only be hopeful if you're an Alabama fan. You can only be hopeful if you're a Lakers fan. You can only be hopeful if you're. I mean, not the Yankees, like a Red Sox fan. What's the point of that? You can only be hopeful if you're the best team in the league that year, every single year. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And state fans do it too. Everybody has fan bases. Everybody has the positive vibes and the negative vibes only fan bases. That is what it is. You have types of people in both. People are different. MSU fans were doing the same shit going into the Ohio State game where, like, dude, I get it. Ohio State's better than MSU. Ohio State was favored by 20 for a reason. Ohio State is expected to win. They're probably going to win. They should win. Blah, 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 blah. I get it. Why the fuck, as a Michigan State fan, would I go into that game like, oh, yeah, we're going to get killed today. This should be fun. Why the fuck would that be my mentality? Why is that anyone's mentality? Like, you don't get me wrong. Probably don't go into the game like, dude, Ohio State, we're going to smoke these guys, keep going. Like, probably not. You you don't need to have the attitude of we're going to steam these guys and, and, and go to Indy. But you're going to have the attitude of before the game kicks off, yeah, we're fucking torched. We're fucking torched. And you know what's fucking annoying about it, too? The people that do it, the Michigan State fans, when they're rooting against their own team, or not rooting against, but predicting they're going to lose before the game, fucking, I hate it. When they do it, they do it to be right. They do it so they can log into Twitter after the game and say, told you, told you we'd lose by 30. I told you this defense wouldn't be able to stop Ohio State. I told you. Oh, did you? So how you're happy that you were a sad sack of shit all week? Like, are you happy now that Ohio State beat us by 40 and you were right? Is that that's what you were hoping for? That's what you wanted? Like, I don't get that. 
And again, Michigan fans, I you probably shouldn't go into this game thinking we're going to beat Ohio State. This is the year. We're better than Ohio State. Like, if you want to, if that's fine, obviously. Like, I don't – whatever. I don't care. They are probably better than you. They should win. They probably will win, right? If you play the games 100 times, 80 times at least, they're probably winning. But you shouldn't be going into this game like we're going to fucking lose. What's the point? I know there are people like that where that's just their personality, but what is the use in that? What is that doing for anybody? What is that doing for yourself? What is that doing for the team? What is that doing for anybody? Oh, we're going to lose. Game hasn't even started. We're going to get killed. This sucks. Why? Why are you a fan then? Why are you a fan? You don't hope in anything. You don't believe in anything. There's no aspect of the Michigan football team that even like has you remotely thinking, hey, maybe we can do it this year. You don't need to be fucking betting your mortgage saying we're going to do it this year, but like maybe we'll do it this year. Like we'll see. I'll have fun. I'll watch the game. I'll be hopeful. I don't understand why fans just poo-poo the game before it starts. It's weird to me. So if I'm a Michigan fan, that's where I'd be. I'd be like, dude, let's see what happens. Like why not? You have players too. I know it's Ohio State. I know you haven't beaten them since I was wearing diapers. I understand. You have players too, though. Let's not forget that. Let's not think that Michigan is is Macomb Community College here. You have two elite pass rushers in Ojabo and Hutchinson. Granted, they'll have to play the game of their lives. They're on your team. They can impact the game. If they do play the game of their lives, they're going to cause fucking problems for the Buckeyes. You've had a great run game all year. Hassan Haskins, I assume Corum will play. I know he's been hurt, but, like, if you're not playing tomorrow, then shut him down for the year, right? You've got two great running backs, a great run game. That's been kind of the the motor behind your offense all season. You have a pretty good QB. You have a good – I would give him good. I feel like Cade has been good this year. He's made throws when you needed, needed him to. In games where you haven't been able to run the ball and you've needed to rely on the pass, MSU, you guys lost, obviously, but he got it done. He looked incredible. At some point, it was on Jim Harbaugh for fucking switching him out with McCarthy, with running the ball, although the pass worked nonstop. Like, you, Cade's not C.J. Stroud. He's solid. He can get the job done. You have a good offensive line that's kind of imposed their will on on everybody you've played this year, right? They've opened up holes in the run game. They've protected Cade in the passing game. You have wide receivers that, again, like – They're not to the level of Ohio State, but they can get open. They're high recruits. They're athletic dudes. Andrell Anthony's been fucking awesome. They can make plays. They can turn 20-yard receptions into 60-yard touchdowns. They can turn three-yard hitches into a 10-yard gain and a first down. Like You have playmakers, too. You have reason to believe. You have reason to hold out hope in the secondary where you've lost the games for the last however many years. It's still going to be tough. It's still going to be tough. You have Daxton Hill, NFL player. I I have a hard time loving on the corners. Vincent Gray and uh, number three, is it DJ Turner? I think his name is. I know they've been better this year. I know the defense has been good as a unit. I know the past defense has been better. I understand. I still, they're the same guys like Vincent Gray. How much more athletic? How much better? physically like can you get because that's the thing with Ohio State sure a lot of it is the scheme a lot of it is why the fuck are you playing man coverage 
Michigan State, you dumbasses. Did you learn nothing from Michigan? A lot of it is that. But uh, even more of it is, hey, Vincent Gray, like you could be in the right position in the right scheme. Guess what? Garrett Wilson is just going to make you his son. That's it. Sorry. Had the right play called. You're in the right spot. Garrett Wilson is just way better than you. That's it. That's kind of where – that's why I lean towards Ohio State. Because the way they win isn't necessarily imposing their will on the ground game. They can run it, too. Travion Henderson's also sick. Their O-line, also sick. <laughs> but they beat you because they're wide receivers, even if you call the right coverage. Even if you're playing it correctly, you're in the right spot. Guess what? They're NFL players. You aren't. Sorry. Fucking sorry is what it is. That's why I lean towards Ohio State. And I think Michigan will pose a better um, opponent than MSU did just because Michigan's strength is their defense. Michigan's strength is the fact that they can generate a pass rush with four guys. I don't know about their strength being the secondary, but certainly it's not a glaring fucking weakness to the likes of which have you at the bottom of the table in college football. That's an improvement. They will put up a better fight, or at least they should, because they have the better defense. They have more talent. They have more talent across the board. MSU this year has really gotten by, and I don't want to hijack this with MSU talk. MSU has really gotten by with the elite talent at key spots, but Michigan pound for pound, player for player across the board, they do have more talent, player to player. They do. You know, it coaching matters, fucking obviously. We saw in that state game. They didn't seem to realize Kenneth Walker is the entire offense and they couldn't stop it. Weird, weird coaching. Jim Harbaugh is more than capable of sabotaging this game for the Wolverines. Again, if the pass is working Saturday and he still insists on running it like he did against MSU, that's Jim Harbaugh sabotaging the game. That's not Cade McNamara. That's not the run game. That's Jim Harbaugh sabotaging it. If you go man coverage and Olave torches you play after play after play and you insist on man coverage, that's bad coaching. Give me Ryan Day and the Ohio State staff over Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan staff. I think it really comes down to those wideouts and C.J. Stroud for Ohio State and Henderson. I mean, really their entire offensive attack, they can do either or. If you make them run it, guess what? They're going to fucking run it. If you make them throw it, they'll be happy to, and they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to score on you in the air. They are happy to score any way that's presented to them, and they know what the most likely way is that they're going to score. That I saw a tweet. I can't remember. Anthony Broom, I want to say. I think he works for a Michigan website. I saw a tweet of his. He said during the MSU game, the, the thing about Ohio State and Ryan Day, yes, they have five stars everywhere. Yes, their players are going to be better than your players at pretty much every position. Yes, talent and one-on-one victories is what it comes down to for sure. But – They are masters in the art of exposing weakness. That's what they did against MSU. They know, listen, these guys fucking stink at pass defense. They don't rush the passer. They don't cover anybody. They're slow. They're dumb. They're unathletic. We're going to throw the ball 30 times. And CJ, you're going to complete every single one of them. They knew how to beat Michigan State. They did what they needed to do. And it was effortless. It was fucking effortless. I can't even sit here and say when Michigan State adjusted, they adjusted to that because Michigan State didn't do shit to adjust. I don't want to talk about that game, though. They're going to expose Michigan. They're going to try to expose Michigan. They're aware. Michigan, they're going to – if Michigan 
is to win this game, if Michigan is to slow down the Ohio State offense, they're going to rush for sit seven in coverage, whether it's man, whether it's zone, whatever. They're going to rush for and sit seven every single play. Now, if it's like a third and one or a third and 20, whatever. Obviously, different scenarios call for different things. But for the most part, first out, first and 10, second and eight, third and nine, they're going to rush four and they're going to sit seven. Because guess what? If you blitz Ohio State, Michigan State learned this the hard way. If you need to generate pressure by blitzing and you're going five guys in the secondary, six guys, four guys, whatever, all of a sudden you're playing man on man with a safety over top, that ain't going to fucking work. That ain't going to work because I don't care who you are. I don't care if it's Daxton Hill against any one of the Ohio State's receivers. I know Daxton Dax Hill's a freak. I know he's an athletic specimen. I know he's an NFL player. Talent versus talent, elite versus elite. Defense and especially coverage is so much fucking harder than playing wide receiver. It's not even funny. Do you know how much harder it is to prevent a guy from running a slant when you don't know what route he's going to run. You don't know if he's going to try to beat you deep. All you know is it's just you and him. If you, if he gets behind you, it's a touchdown. You don't know which way he's going. You don't know who the QB's throwing to. And the whole time that elite athlete that's running the route against you knows exactly what he's doing. He's going to run three steps at your outside shoulder and cut in. Do you know how hard that is to cover? If you're playing one-on-one, I don't care how good of a corner you are. I don't care how elite of an athlete you are. Do you know how hard it is to cover somebody? It's hard when Daxon Hill does that stuff and you're playing Indiana. That shit's hard. When you play a first-round wide receiver, you play Ohio State, who are masters, experts in the art of creating one-on-one matchups. You play them and do that, it is fucking impossible. So if MSU, or uh, excuse me, if Michigan is planning on, oh, we're going to, you know, we'll send the blitz here and there, they're going to get torched. Ohio State wants you to blitz. Ohio State wants as few people in the secondary as possible. They want it to be a one-on-one matchup every single fucking play because they know they're better than you. They know they've practiced that. They know C.J. Stroud's going to put the ball right on Garrett Wilson as soon as he gets open, and once he has it, nobody's tackling him. Michigan's going to have to rush four, drop seven. That's going to When MSU beat Ohio State in 2015, that's why they won. That's how they won. The defense stood up because you had Shalik Calhoun, Malik McDowell, Joel Heath, and Lawrence Thomas. You had three, four NFL guys across the defensive line. You didn't need to send a blitz. You could sit seven. Those four guys took care of the run game. Those four guys took care of the pass rush. You could sit seven and every single throwing down, those four guys generated pressure. That's how you win games. At the crux of defense, at the crux of being elite, it truly comes down to NFL, college, it doesn't matter. It truly comes down to how many guys does it take for you to rush to get a consistent pass rush, to get penetration. If you can make that number four, the best defenses in the country, the best defenses year in and year out, yeah, they may have a great corner or a great linebacker or this or that. The best defenses every year are the best because they can rush four guys and they can create havoc and they can have the maximum number of people covering guys, taking up space, reading the quarterback, playing the run, whatever. That's the only way Michigan has a chance is to rush four, drop seven. And guess what? Ohio State knows that. And guess what? 
they're going to have a counter for that, that Michigan will then be have to go, you know what? When we're doing this whole four guys at the line dropping seven, we're getting torched on the short pass, or we're getting torched in the run game. We're going to have to, we'll send five, we'll send six. And the moment you do that, guess what? Long ball touchdown. That's why I think Ohio State wins. I think they have the talent. And again, Michigan's talented. They have studs. Ohio State still has the talent. Ohio State has the better talent. Ohio State has more talent than everybody in America not named Alabama and and, uh, Georgia. Just is what it is. And then you throw in the fact that Ryan Day coaches circles around Jim Harbaugh. I'm sorry. Like, unless something's changed in the last – since the state game, however many weeks, four or five weeks, unless Jim Harbaugh has had a brain transplant, uh, I don't see why I'm supposed to believe he's going to outsmart a guy in Ryan Day who has outsmarted everybody his team has ever played against. I don't understand why I'm supposed to believe in Harbaugh over Day. Ryan Day has shown time and time again, especially offensively, their defense hasn't been lights out this season. They were against MSU, but, you know, pathetic game. Offensively, Ryan Day has shown he's a mastermind. Whatever you're bad at, he's going to take advantage of. Right? And as soon as you counter to stop him from taking advantage of you, he's going to counter back and take advantage of some new thing. Like, he is the best offensive schemer for sure in the Big Ten, one of the best in the country, probably the best. Just that, oh, you're going to commit to the pass? You're going to stop the pass? All right, we're going to just run it six yards every play. Oh, yeah, our, also our running back um, was the best player in the country coming out of high school. Like, oh, you're going to stop the run? Okay, you can't guard any of our receivers one-on-one, let alone three of them. So we're going to throw it every play, and we're going to score every drive. Like, there, there's just too many answers at Ohio State. And when you look at Michigan, when you look at their offense, while they have run the ball real well, while they have thrown the ball well, and Cade's been good. I think Cade, as the season's progressed too, I think the kind of narrative of, oh, we got to get J.J. in there versus Cade has started to die. But I think as the season's progressed, especially from that MSU game onward, I think he's been good. I think he's been everything Michigan needs. I will say, they can't match Ohio State. They can't match Ohio State. And again, even though that Ohio State defense hasn't been lights out, hasn't been Alabama, right? They're still, their defensive linemen, all elite, all high recruits. Every linebacker on their team, high recruit. Every corner and safety on their team, high recruit. Like those guys, sure, they haven't been incredible. You're not going to just dominate them physically. Like you're, it's not like when you play Northwestern and it's like, you know what? Worst case, our receivers are better than theirs. Our O-line's better than their their D-O line, or D-line, sorry. Our running backs are better than their linebackers. Like, that's not the case. That's not the case. They might not have a lights-out defense. They have a freakishly athletic. They have a talented defense. They have guys that are going to give your left tackles, right tackles, a very hard time on passing down. They have interior defensive linemen that are going to keep linebackers clean and make it very hard to run the ball against them. Like, they will present problems. You're not going to just sleepwalk through them. And that's what I think it comes down to. I think Michigan will score some points for sure, right? I think Cade's capable. I think their offense, the balance between the run and the pass, I do think they'll score some points. I do. But they're not going to be able to keep up. 
there will be drives where Michigan punts it. There will probably be a good number of drives where Michigan punts it or they turn it over or they have to stall for a field goal, whatever. Like there will be, if they have the ball 15 times, like 12 of those drives, they're probably not getting in the end zone. Right? Let's say you you throw in a couple field goals, three touchdowns, like you put up a 20, I don't know, 27, 30, 33, 34 spot. Like that's a pretty good day. But Ohio State's going to score, if they got 15 drives, like fucking, I don't know, at least half of those are going to be touchdowns. A couple more will be field goals. Like you just can't, I don't think Michigan can keep up. And then you add in the piece about, like, Michigan's drives, too, have been more – and this was a big narrative when Michigan played MSU. Like, they sustain their drives. They go 80 yards on 12 plays, right, which is like, oh, that's a great thing, right? At Ohio State, they'll do that. But also, they're going to score a handful of times where it's just, boom, 80-yard touchdown. Sorry. And those plays, while seven points on an 80-yard touchdown – is the same as seven points off a 12, 12 play 80 yard drive. Those flash plays take the wind out of your sails. Their momentum plays. They can score. Like if you score, you go on a long drive and you score, you had to fucking grind it out. You had to earn first downs. You had to chew up clocks. You converted third downs and then they get the ball back in the first plays a bomb. Like that shit is demoralizing. That shit is why you can't keep up. That shit is why you can't keep up. I just don't see how Michigan wins the game, to be honest with you. Like, the only way I think it's even close is if Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo just live in the Ohio State backfield. But even then, when when we played Michigan, when MSU played Michigan, they made some plays, but they didn't game break us. Ohio State's line is going to be better. C.J. Stroud's better than Peyton Thorne. Those receivers are going to be open faster than MSU's were. Like, it's almost like my benchmark is, like, they didn't do it against us. Like, that defense was supposed to put MSU in a chokehold, and we had 37 on them. Like, I'm supposed to believe they're going to stop Ohio State? Even if those guys have the game of their life and they're in the backfield all day, I still have a hard time seeing Ohio State lose. They just have the matchup, the favorable matchup at so many spots. Ryan Day's a fucking wizard with taking advantage of whatever you're giving him. And I think their defense, whether even though it's not like elite, it's not lockdown, it's not Michigan's defense, according to the statistics and this and that, talent-wise, athleticism-wise, player-for-player-wise, they're, they're good. They're Ohio State. Every athlete out there is a fucking animal. You're not going to just – push them around in the trenches. You're not going to just toast them in coverage. Like they are going to be up to the challenge. Your athleticism where Michigan's a school too. When you play essentially everyone except for Ohio State, Penn State, kind of Michigan State. I mean, like MSU hasn't recruited the last few few years very well, obviously the transfer window and other things. But outside of like those two three teams for Michigan, any team you play, you just have the better player. You have the stronger offensive lineman, the faster wide receiver, the better quarterback. You have the better players. That's not going to be the case. You're going to be on the flip side of that against Ohio State. And you lost the game against Michigan State where you probably did have the better players, the more talent, right? That Penn State game, 
probably did, if not very even. And that was a dog shit game. I mean, they won good win, but that was a close game. Like, I just don't see them overcoming everything that is Ohio State. And last but not least, I am kind of convinced there's like a mental block. I am kind of convinced it's at a point now where it's like, although they'd never say it, the coaching staff, the players, they would never say it or even acknowledge it. I do, like, I am kind of convinced to some level they're sitting there like, dude, we fucking never beat Ohio State. Like, we're not going to win. I genuinely do think that's part of it. Like, it is a mental block where they know, like, dude, we don't, we can't beat these guys. Like, it's fucking Ohio State, man. I genuinely do subscribe to that. But I don't know. We'll see. I think Ohio State will win. I kind of hope it's a good game. I kind of hope Ohio State beats them by a trillion. I don't really know. We'll see, though. We'll see. I am excited for the pomp and the circumstance. It's a fun day for college football. It's a fun rivalry. People saying they don't like it. Fuck off. It's a great time. It's very entertaining. I know Ohio State always wins, but the preamble is always fun. So we'll see what happens. If Michigan wins, obviously biggest win of Harbaugh's career, everything changes. The narrative around the Harbaugh era, Michigan, everything changes with one win. Huge fucking game. Everything. All right. That's all I got today. Um, Enjoy the game. Enjoy your weekends. I will be back Tuesday. We'll do some Lions recap. Fucking A. And some college football recap. Until then, I appreciate the listeners. I appreciate the support. At the second string, Black Friday sale. Everything's 20% off till Monday. So check that out. All right. I'll talk to you guys next week. 